Kids Ministry Director here at Maison. I'd like to thank <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for joining us this morning. I know there are a lot of other things we all could be doing right now. So thank you so much for choosing to come and worship here today. Um, doo -doo -doo. We have a digital connect card right up here. If you haven't already scanned it, be sure to scan it. You can send in a prayer request, sign up for events, or just say hi. As a reminder, there's no church next Sunday, September 3rd, as it is a Sabbath day. We like to give rest to some of our staff here and give us time to do things outside of church as well. Also, we have house church starting very soon. It's going to be starting after Labor Day. It's going to be a great way to connect with everyone here and worship in a way that's a little different and special from what we do here in the worship center. There are a few options. You can either sign up with the Connect card or you can talk to one of the pastors here after service. And here at Maison, giving is really important to us. It's really important for us to reach out locally and abroad to help those that need it most. So if you feel so inclined to donate, there are a few ways you can do it. We have, you can do it online, text, or send it in mail if you'd like. We also have boxes in the back if you'd like to give physically. We like to be transparent here, so if there's any questions you ever have about our finances or where the donations are going, feel free to ask. And as a reminder, 10% of our donations go to our compassion projects. These are projects we take on with our mission partners, including the Pride Center in Gainesville that just had their opening house last night. Today, Pastor Miranda is concluding our series called Cord. So take it away, and I'm gonna take the kids in the back so we can all go and worship. No way. series and it's been really interesting looking at these three big B's of Maison. Hopefully you saw them out on the mural out there um, but these three big B's represent to us on the lead team on the pastoral team the foundation of a faith journey. So let's look back at the first two pieces. The first one we had Drake reminded us that we are hardwired for belonging and for finding community, that we all have a desire to belong and to invite others into that belonging. And then the next step in the journey is believe. And Pastor Kevin reminded us that belief is a moving towards, not necessarily an arriving at. Now, if you missed either of these messages, I'd encourage you to go back and watch or listen to them. Now, if you happen to be watching this online, you can pause right where you are, go listen to them, and then come right back, okay? But we're going to go ahead and continue here in the room. So today we are on our last of our big Bs, become. Now, becoming is a process. It's not just one single step or an action that we take but it's a series of steps. And you can become lots of things. You could become knowledgeable by studying. It might not necessarily make you wiser, but you could earn a lot of degrees. Um, you could become stronger by working out. Maybe join Drake at the gym and pump some iron. 
Um, you could also become richer, maybe by working some extra jobs, but that might not be so likely in this economy. However, we all become older just by living. Now, here at Maison, we talk about becoming more like Jesus. Maybe you, too, have been in church settings for a while, and you have a great idea of who Jesus is. Or maybe you're new here, and you aren't really sure who Jesus is. Or maybe you're questioning everything you've ever been told about Jesus, and you want to find out a little bit more about who he is for yourself. Now, one of the images from our first interest meetings illustrated this difference of positions to me like no other image has. It's from Set Theory by John Wimber, who is the founder of the Vineyard Movement. And we have a picture up here. So there are two main types of sets. We have bounded sets, and you can see how there's like that circle, and we have people who are in, and then we also have people who are out. Now this is a very traditional church model. The people inside our four walls are the people who are in, and everybody else is out. There's a second model, though, called a centered set. And notice in this one, we have the cross representing Jesus at the center. And each person here is also represented by those arrows. So here's the thing I want you to notice about those arrows. Are they all pointing in the same direction? No. They're, some are pointing towards Jesus, and others are actively pointing away. And the other thing that's kind of interesting is that some of them are pointing towards but like they might just miss it if they don't make a further course correction later. And I think that's really interesting to think about this in terms of our journey. Now, many churches unconsciously work in the first model. Most churches have belonging, believing, and becoming as part of their faith journey. They just put them in a different order. They say when you choose to believe the same things we do, then your behaviors will change and you will become more like us. Now, hopefully that also means more like Jesus. And then you might also know what it's like to belong to part of their group. They're in a bounded set. Here at Maison, we've intentionally switched the order. You belong, no matter what, you belong. And when you choose to believe, it's through that belief we think you might become more like Jesus. We hope that changing this order in the journey might make the difference between just fitting in and truly belonging. Just fitting in where we have to change ourselves to be part of the group and truly belonging where we can be our authentic selves. Now, back to the process of becoming. As I mentioned earlier, we are all becoming. But what are we becoming like? What are we modeling ourselves after? The first year my oldest child was born, I stayed home for that whole first year with him, and my friend and I decided we were going to become runners. So we downloaded the Couch to 5K app, and it started off with interval training. Has anybody else done the Couch to 5K? Yeah? You like run a minute and you walk 30 seconds. And let me tell you, that is the longest minute ever. The first few times. But as the program progressed, the running segments got longer. And my friend and I, we actually ended up running a few 5Ks. Now, I was doing it pushing a jogging. We were both doing it pushing jogging strollers. She had a kid that was two years older than mine, so hers had a little bit more weight in it. So we did it running. We did running, pushing and jogging strollers. And then I even did a 10K 
and I've done a few half marathons. And somewhere, I have no clue where, along the way, I became a runner. And I don't know where or when that happened, but it was somewhere in the journey. Now, it can be hard to emulate someone who isn't right beside us, someone who we don't know. And how can we get to know Jesus? He lived 2,000 years ago. Now, according to my kids' history class, we need to look at some primary and secondary sources. Now, there are four books in the Bible that are written shortly after Jesus lived. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, collectively referred to as the Gospels. They also happen to be the first few books of the New Testament. When we look at the Gospels, we're given some idea of how Jesus acted and what some of his characteristics might have been. I'm going to pick a few passages, but there are hundreds of ones we could look at to find out more about the behavior and character of Jesus. So this first one is from Luke 4, 16 to 21. It happens towards the beginning of his ministry. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord has come. The time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat back down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So we have five things Jesus wanted to do while he was here. Bring good news, release captives, restore sight, free the oppressed, and proclaim the Lord's favor. Are those things that we are actively doing in our lives? How can we bring good news to the poor? Are there encouraging, life-giving words we can share? Where are people around us trapped in systems? And what can we do to release people from these systems? Where are people blind to knowing their worth? Can we speak truth to and over these people? Where can we move, remove oppression from marginalized people groups? And how can we proclaim the Lord's favor? Lots of questions. Let's look at another passage. This one's in Mark. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, <clears throat> excuse me, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? This is loud. <clears throat> On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but to call sinners. Jesus isn't surrounded by righteous people. He's surrounded by a beautiful rainbow of people. People that were messy. People that weren't the in crowd. People that didn't always get it right. But they were people who were trying to follow him. People who, by calling themselves his disciples, were students. And what do students do? They position themselves to learn from a teacher. 
So from this passage, we see Jesus with people from all walks of life. Are we choosing to engage with others who might be different from us? People who the world has written off and has said shouldn't be part of our group? This journey of becoming is often referred to in the church setting as discipleship. One of the interesting observations is that Jesus didn't just preach to his disciples. He also did ministry with them. The disciples serving with Jesus was part of how they were learning from him. Jesus was leading, teaching, and serving. Now, we, also th- we often think of discipleship as reading our Bibles more or spending consistent time in prayer. And while those are good things, they aren't necessarily the things that make us most like Jesus. They're things Jesus did, but mostly they help us to get to know Jesus. We're going to look at one last passage in John 13, 34 to 35. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Jesus says that, we, that others will know we're his students by the way we love one another. Are we loving others well? Are we assuming the best of those around us? Are we willing to see the image of God in all of those we meet? Now, Pastor Kevin shared last week this verse from Isaiah, and it stuck with me all week. It's from Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now, I want you to take a moment and think about the person walking in this passage. And I'm going to have Drake come up so we can show you this. Let's see if I can move this without everything falling. So we know that there's a voice behind, right? So this is my voice behind me. This is the voice behind (laughs) And I am walking. It's kind of guiding me, maybe telling me which way to go, right? But what if instead of walking this way... (sighs) and facing where we're going. What if where we're going is really back there? And so they're making sure, this voice is making sure that I am not going to fall into the pits or into anything else behind me. Thanks, Drake. How does that change our perspective? Just trusting and taking the next step, even though we don't know and we can't see what's coming? I can still see everywhere I've been when I walk with my back to the goal. I can see all the wonderful places where God has provided for me before. Now, I'm going to go ahead and have the band come back up. And I want you to remember that becoming is a journey. It's about choosing the next right step and trusting and taking a chance. It's choosing to point our arrow towards Jesus, and it's choosing to show love. If good news, love, and hope are the characteristics we know of Jesus, what are the next steps we can take to become more like Jesus? I feel like I've left you with more questions than answers today. And I struggle with telling you what it means to become more like Jesus. I see this as looking different for everyone. What it looks like for me to become more like Jesus is different than what it looks like 
for someone else who hasn't chosen a faith journey. We're all in different places. Just like what it would look like for me to bench press 100 pounds is going to look a lot different than what it would look like for Drake to bench press 100 pounds. And just like all of those different arrows were pointing in different directions, heading in different directions, so are we in different places on our faith journey. As we become more like Jesus, our behaviors and our attitudes change, and this changes the world. I have found, as I've journeyed to become more like Jesus, I've become more affirming and inclusive. Meeting and being part of a community where I'm able to get to know the messy people, to recognize that they are also made in the image of God, this has changed me. Maybe this isn't only my story. Maybe it's your story too. Maybe you are also in the process of becoming. Now, I firmly believe that all the pieces of our life shape us and mold us. And I grew up listening to DC Talk. And there was a quote at the beginning of their song, What If I Stumble? It's from Brennan Manning, the author of the Ragamuffin Gospel. And it said, it says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Can you imagine all the change that would happen in our world if we all became a little, just a little, more like Jesus? Now, as this next song is playing, I want you to think about all the things you can do in this next week to become a little bit more like Jesus. Maybe part of it's digging into scripture and finding some of his other characteristics. But what are ways that you can reflect those characteristics of Jesus to your family? What might it look like if you were the hands and feet of Jesus in your workplace? And how might you interact differently with people this week. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, thank you for this journey. Thank you for this journey that you call us on. And thank you that we are in different places together. In your name, amen. to the band and the pastor Miranda for the worship this morning. I'm so thankful that you all decided to join us this morning, that you decided to take some time out of your Sunday to be here. We know how tempting it is to sleep in, um, but you chose to come in and worship with us this morning, and we thank you for that. Just a few reminders before you go. We want to encourage you to sign up for a house church. Again, those begin after Labor Day. So if you want to go ahead and sign up for one, have a conversation with me or Kevin or Miranda about a house church. I also wanted to thank, we can give one more round of applause for our friend Bill Thompson for being here today, for taking pictures. And we're going to do a group picture right here after service. So as soon as I finish these announcements, we're all going to come up here and take a group picture. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us for church this morning and remind you that next week is Sabbath Sunday, so we will not be here, and I will see you in two weeks. 
very last announcement, we have these invite cards. There are still a lot left. There are still a lot left. And I want to challenge, because I'm the outreach pastor, each and every one of you to hand out five personal invitations to Maison Church this week. This, well, yes, following week. Well, you could spread them out. Look, you get two weeks to hand out five. And just make sure people know that we have Sabbath Sunday, but hand these out, personal invitations to come to church. Um, That way they can join us on this journey of belonging, of believing, and of becoming more like Jesus. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you.